Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we analyse Zambia striker Patson Dacker's big move to Leicester City. Will he succeed in the English Premier League? And also, Dacker tells us about his faith. Many people are looking at me because of everywhere I am right now, but I want them to know uh, what makes me to be where I am right now. That's coming shortly, and also as UEFA have decided to scrap the away goals rule in European club football, should CAF do the same? And Stuart on Euro 2020, and on Patrick Vieira set to become the Crystal Palace manager. Well, first, Al-Athli of Egypt will take on the surprise team Kaiser Chiefs of South Africa in the CAF Champions League final in two weeks' time. Next weekend is the Confederation Cup final between Raja Casablanca of Morocco and J.S. Kabali of Algeria. These matches being played on neutral venues. We'll have more on these games on the show next week. And the Confederation of African Football's Deputy General Secretary, Anthony Baffo, has stepped down. The former Ghana international is a much-respected figure. He's been in the post since 2017 and has been in charge of football and development at CAF and was involved in organising CAF and FIFA-sanctioned tournaments. Uh, Baffo said it was a decision he took three months ago due to personal reasons. Now, a few days ago, UEFA decided that the away goals rule in European club football is to be scrapped from the start of next season. The rule's been used since 1965 in Europe. It's used when teams end up level on aggregate in two-legged ties, and the team that scored the most away goals wins the tie. Uh, So, for example, if a tie had a 1-0 home win and a 2-1 home win, it ends 2-1 on aggregate, and the team that scored the away goal is the winner. Now, in Europe, all ties that end up level and aggregate will instead go to extra time and penalties if needed. The UEFA president, Alexandra Seferin, said it's no longer appropriate for an away goal to carry more weight. And UEFA's Club Competitions Committee found there's now a smaller gap between the number of home and away wins, as well as home and away goals scored in European competitions, compared to when the rule was introduced back in the 60s. And they say this has now reduced home advantage. And they say it's because of a number of factors, including pitch quality, improved stadium infrastructure and new technology such as the VAR. Now, there's no indication yet as to whether CAF will also adopt this in African club football, uh, but African football often takes a cue from Europe. So uh, what are your thoughts, Ida? Uh, conditions are very different in Africa, but uh, might the away goals rule be scrapped in Africa? <laughs> Steve, I think that African football has way too many things to deal with first, you know, before even thinking of doing away with their away goals rule. Though I will say this, you are definitely right. You know, oftentimes African football does seem to take a cue from Europe. But it's also important to understand just how and why the away goals rule came into effect. Steve, UEFA noticed a huge advantage in playing at home and implemented the concept to avoid the need for a tiebreaker at a neutral venue and to encourage teams to attack away from home. 
So in the last 10 years or so, coaches have come out to criticize this rule, saying that, look, the conditions that encouraged the away goals rules introduction have since changed and are now simply outdated. I mean, most famously, Arsene Wenger said this in 2015. That was after Monaco knocked Arsenal out of the Champions League based on the away goals rule. And Atletico Madrid head coach Diego Simeone backed these sentiments as well. Though it does have to be said that this same rule, Steve, has also given us so many beautiful moments. I mean, who can forget Roma versus Barcelona in the 2018 quarters? So with that said, Steve, I think Africa still has some way to go. While there has been a decline in home advantage in Europe, you know, that necessitated this scrap, that is still a huge factor in Africa, you know, either because of different conditions of the pitches, you know, because of refereeing, for example, conditions of travel are still subpar in a lot of parts of Africa. So while all these are things that have blurred the lines between playing at home and away in Europe, these are things that reinforce that disparity in Africa. So, look, I think that CAF is going to stick around for a while with the away goals rule. Yes, it's much harder to score away from home in Africa than in European football. We'll see if CAF will be looking at abolishing the away goals rule. Now, in big news this week, Leicester City have signed Zambia striker Patson Daka from RB Salzburg on a five-year deal, thought to be worth around $30 million. Now, Daka was named the Austrian Bundesliga's Player of the Season, helping Salzburg win their fourth successive Austrian league title last season. Daka is only 22. Uh, Leicester described him as an exciting young striker. And this is an exciting move, I'd say, Ida. Steve, we talked about Daka's phenomenal season barely a month ago, and it was clear that several clubs were interested. So I'm actually really happy to see big things happening for him at such a young age. And it's said that Leicester coach uh, Brandon Rogers ended up preferring Daka to Celtic's Odson Edward. Now, it's interesting because Rogers is the one who actually signed Edward to Celtic. That was back in 2017. When he was Celtic boss But back to Dhaka Well he scored 34 goals In 42 appearances In all competitions last season And 27 of those goals Steve were in the Austrian Bundesliga season uh, And that was on the way to helping Salzburg Win their 8th Austrian title On the trot Now I'm sure that Dhaka is well aware, you know, that the English Premier League is much more competitive, much more demanding than that. And I mean, it's just getting harder and harder, you know, to defend a league title, let alone win it eight consecutive times. For example, we saw City were the first team in 10 years back in 2019 to defend a title. So... It might be a bit of a culture shock to him. The EPL, Steve, has been known to humble many, you know, but hopefully he's also getting the, the right sort of mental preparation from those who are close to him. And Daka himself, you know, came out and said that he's ready for the challenge, you know, and that he's been following Leicester ever since they won the league. And that was back in 2016. I mean, he was still a teenager. 
And it does seem that the 22-year-old has been poised for the big stage for a while. He won the 2017 CAF Young Player of the Year Award. And he does seem to also have the right team that's been able to deliver him on that big stage. Clearly, he's now playing for Leicester. Yes, impressive so far for Pats and Dakar. Uh, now, Ida, Zambians haven't made much of an impact in the English Premier League. I remember Collins and Bessuma, who joined Portsmouth back in 2005. He was a striker, but uh, only made four appearances and uh, one of only a few Zambians to feature in the Premier League. Absolutely. Zambia has had a couple of players in the EPL. I mean, you know, sure enough, the likes of the great Kalusha Bwalia, for example, didn't make it to, quote unquote, the biggest league in the world. But we have others, you know, like striker Emmanuel Mayuka. Now, he played for Southampton in 2012. There is Charlie Musonda, who, of course, is a Belgian international, but he is born to Zambian parents. And he played for Chelsea under Conte just around 2017. So hopefully Dhaka can take this to the next level. And of course, Steve, Salzburg has a long history of African players who eventually turn out for Premier League clubs. Of course, the Liverpool duo of Sadio Mane and Naby Keita immediately come to mind. And it goes without saying that Leicester also has been and is home to several African players, you know, Nigerians, Kelechi Ihenacho, Wilfred Ndidi, the Algerian Riyad Mahrez, at least that was before his move to Manchester City. And the Foxes, Steve, have apparently been keen to boost their striking options, you know, especially with uh, the likes of Jamie Vardy aging. Though it has to be said, Ehe Nacho did a fantastic job last season. Yes, well, really hoping it does work out for Dakar. Asking for your thoughts on social media this week. How do you think Pats and Dakar will do at Leicester as they've signed the Zambia striker from Austrian club RB Salzburg on a five-year deal? He's only 22. Leicester say he's an exciting young striker. So how do you think Dakar will do in the English Premier League? Can he adjust? Can he keep scoring? And will he fit in at Leicester? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Now, back in 2018, Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to Pats and Dacker about his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus. Now, at that time, Dakar was hoping that Zambia would qualify for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, which didn't happen. And they also missed out on the 2021 Nations Cup. But Dakar says he believes that the young players in the squad will produce results. They have concentrated much on uh, the youth, and of which I'm sure when uh, the roots are strong, then they, of course the, the tree is going to be strong. We have got great talent in Zambia, more especially with the youth. And we had a, a process whereby we lacked just maybe I should say consistent with players who find when the current uh, team has maybe some of them have retired, some of them have stopped like uh, playing for the nation. It was difficult for other players to find other players who can come in and fill those spaces. But I think as at now, looking that. Uh, the fact that they are very grooming young players, young talent, I think there will be no problem anymore for us who achieve greater things 
soon enough, Zambia will be known as a great footballing nation. And Patson, away from the pitch, you talk a lot about your Christian faith on your social media especially. Why for you do you need God? Why does anybody need God in their life? God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and uh, he created us, he created we human in our uh, in his own image and he told us to come and have dominion over the earth, we have to rule over the earth. Uh, it, uh, what in, in the scripture it says that uh, let everything that has good breath praise the name of the Lord. So I see no reason of me not praising the name of the Lord. He's the reason why I'm alive today. He's the giver of life. He gave me the life. And uh, the scripture also says that uh, seek first uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. So if I seek for his righteousness and his kingdom, then everything that I desire, I'm going to have it. So I think uh, I really need God more than anything. And Patson, do you think your faith makes you a better footballer? Is it anything to do with you on the pitch, or is it just for your life off the pitch? Me, like the way I take it, uh, I don't pray to God that uh, maybe because I want to win a game, I want to score, and so I have to use the gift that he has given me to make known his way to the world. And Because uh, many people are looking at me, because of maybe where I am right now, but I want them to know uh, what makes me to be where I am right now, of which I know that uh, God will keep on raising me to greater heights because he wants a lot of people to know about him. And uh, I want to use this career that he has given me to encourage people to know more about God because when we, when you are with God, uh, nothing can stand against you. Even in difficult times, in trials, there are a lot of challenges and uh, temptations that we face. We as footballers, even those who are not footballers, but when we are, when you have God with you in your life, you have the ability, the courage to overcome those uh, trials and tribulations that you're going to be facing there. In everything that I, I do, I have a lot of people who are looking up to me, so they will, so I want them to know why I'm here was made it possible for me to be here and so they can also know that with God everything is possible. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, what you've been. All I know is that God holds my future. He's the one who knows my tomorrow. He's the one who knows my next step. So I just have to give him the praise and the glory that he deserves. From our archives, that's Zambia striker Patson Daka talking to Liam Flint about his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and still to come, Stuart on the Euros and on Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira taking over at Crystal Palace. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. Our website is planetsport.tv and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. Uh, to download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
to social media now. Last week we asked her, "Would you like offside to be decided by computers?" Plans are progressing for the English Premier League to use automated technology to decide if a player is offside using a player tracking system, which alerts the referee instantly if a player is offside. Now, this would end the long waits that we often have with VAR checks,、uh, but the technology is likely to increase the number of marginal offsides with its precision, where players can be called offside by millimeters. But a similar technology has been successful in sports like tennis and cricket. So, would you like offside to be decided by computers? Well, this one really caught your attention this week, and with your comments is Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks, Steve. And we start on WhatsApp with Michael in Zambia, who supports the initiative. Sure, says Michael. If the computers will be 100% accurate, why not? It will be a nice move. And Razak in Niger is also in favour. Well, this is a good idea. Says Razak, and Emma in the Gambia agrees. It will be good if FIFA can introduce computer technology to help the referee and the referee's assistants to make better decisions than we have now with VAR. Says Emma, and we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Hello, this is Moses from Nigeria. It is important for the computer to decide the offside because there's no way the game. Could be devoid of、uh, wrong calls, and、um, humans make lots, lots, lots of mistakes. Even though computers can as well be manipulated, but at least it can be used for now. So Moses there also supports this new technology. And let's hear another voice note now. This time from Mohammed in Sierra Leone. It is not a bad idea. I really love to see a computerized, automated technology system that will detect if a player is offside. If it is going to work like the goal line technology, then I have no problem with it, because the goal line technology they are using in the Premier League is very good, and it gives no issues. But it has worked so well. So Mohammed, hoping a new computerized system will work as effectively as the goal line technology has done in the Premier League. And here's another positive comment from Gerard Colley in the Gambia. I would love that to happen, says Gerard. Why? Because this game of football calls for fair play, and I believe with technology things will be more transparent. And if offside can also be decided by technology, that would be great, says Gerard. And Mwenda Zambwe in Zambia also agrees. This is a good move. We still have issues on offsides, and the introduction of this new technology is very good. But Saamba Anas in the Gambia doesn't think this will be good for the game. I don't support offside decisions being decided by a computer, says Saamba. Football isn't a computer game, and this would kill the spirit of football. And Muinga Mwebolwa in Zambia agrees. This sort of technology would kill the beauty of the game. Says Muinga, VAR is already proving to be a hurdle and hasn't really done that much good. Maintaining the current rules will be good for the game in the long run. And that's a view that is also held by Bakari Tamba in the Gambia. In my opinion, says Bakari, I would say it has no need for it. It's destroying the game of football now. And here's another voice note, this time from Tenua Falidi Holly in Uganda. According to me, I'd like the referees to have the final decisions in the game rather than those computers. 
Sotenwa saying he'd prefer referees to make the final decisions and not have to rely on computer technology. But overall this week, most of our correspondents are in favor of computers replacing VAR when it comes to offside decisions. Bolaji Jr. in Nigeria says, It will be a better and easier system, and I support the use of computers to detect offside. And Emmanuel Bida in South Sudan also supports the move. Yes, let offside be decided by computers, says Emmanuel. And Amadou Baji in the Gambia agrees. Yes, I would love the computer to decide offside because some goals are given when they are clearly offside. The referees and their assistants are human and as such their errors can be rectified by the computer, says Amadou. Shamsu in Ghana likes the idea of decisions being made quicker than are able under VAR. The game should be flowing without breaks and if the computer would not slow the game down, then I'm for it, says Shamsu. And finally, Alpha Jalo in the Gambia is cautiously optimistic. For me, says Alpha, I've never been in support of technologies that were introduced lately in football. But I think it's a great initiative for computers to decide because VAR has usually put players in funny situations, as in when to celebrate a goal, as now they have to wait for a long time for the VAR to check. So then, Steve... Another wide range of responses again this week, and when we add them all up, about three quarters of our correspondents support the introduction of computer technology to determine offside. So it will be interesting to see how the trials continue, and then if and when this technology will be introduced. Yes, so we shall see. But uh, I must say I'm a little bit hesitant about it uh, myself. Thanks, Ash. That's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks to everybody who got in touch with us. Let's go to Stuart Weir in the UK now. And, uh, wow, Euro 2020 giving us a lot of excitement. The quarterfinals on Friday and Saturday. Some fantastic games in the round of 16. France out, England managing to beat Germany. And Denmark looking like a sentimental choice through to the quarterfinals after Christian Eriksen had a cardiac arrest in their opening game. Your thoughts, Stuart? As you say, here in England, we are absolutely excited about England beating Germany. The last time that happened was in the 1966 World Cup. Can you believe it? England have not beaten Germany in a knockout game for 55 years. And the 19-year-old Bukayo Saka, who plays his club football for Arsenal, but is of Nigerian heritage, has been playing brilliantly for England. Gareth Southgate's approach seems to be to play a cautious formation for the first hour of the game but then with players on the bench like Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford, Mason Mount Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden he really has got talent to bring on the other thing about the Germany game was it was the end of an era with Joachim Löw standing down as German manager after 15 years now France many people's favourite for the competition were cruising to victory over Switzerland, leading 3-1 with 15 minutes to go. But two late goals for Switzerland, nothing in extra time, led us to penalties. The first nine penalties were scored, and the final penalty to be taken by Mbappe, arguably the best player in the world at the moment, was saved. But Steve, I can give you an explanation of why he missed the penalty. Research has shown that the faster you run up to the ball, the less likely you are to score a penalty. Mbappe's run took two and a half seconds. Of the other French players, Pogba 
took nearly nine seconds to reach the ball, and he scored. Oliver Giroud, six seconds, and he scored. Hmm, I wonder. As I say, France were many people's prediction to be champions. With them eliminated, the tournament looks wide open. Yes, indeed. And uh, last week, Stuart, we spoke to Ricky Hill, one of the first black players to play for England, on why there are so few black managers in English football. And now we're hearing that Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira is set to take over at Crystal Palace. And there's also Nuno joining Tottenham after leaving Wolves. Yeah, I mean, Wolves finished 13th in the Premier League and surprisingly the club parted company with manager Nuno. In four years at Wolves, he took them from the Championship to two seventh-place finishes and the Europa League. Astonishingly, that wasn't enough for the club. And he's been replaced by another Portuguese manager, Bruno Laghi, who was at Benfica in his home country for the past three seasons. Now, Nuno has been appointed by Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham, you'll recall, fired Jose Mourinho midway through last season, appointing their youth team coach, Ryan Mason, as temporary manager. Tottenham then, we understand, had talks with former Chelsea manager Antonio Conte, but the talks broke down and they've now appointed Nuno. Nuno is 47, a former goalkeeper. Before Wolves, he was head coach at Valencia for two years and Portal for one. But to be in charge in Tottenham would be a big step up for him and a massive challenge, especially with Harry Kane wanting to leave. And yes, as you say, it seems that Patrick Vieira is on his way to Crystal Palace. Now, Vieira was a great player, 10 years at Arsenal, winning the Premier League title three times. Then he went to Italy and was at Inter Milan when they won the Serie A title three times. And he finished his career at Manchester City, where he then transitioned into coaching, taking charge of the Manchester City Academy. He then departed to the major league club New York City, which... Manchester City had a link with. He returned to France to manage League One club Nice in 2018, but after two years he was fired after a string of poor results. A great player, but not the strongest coaching background. Now, Crystal Palace is a South London club which finished 11th to 14th in the league table for the past five years. They're a well-run club, not likely to splash out tens of millions on players. I would say survival is the first priority and nothing more than a mid-table finish is realistic. And with 22 players out of contract at the end of the season, including Christian Banteke, Patrick Van Arnott, Gary Cahill, Andres Townsend, Jeffrey Slup, the new manager is not coming to a club with a stable squad of players. So his work had been cut out, I would suggest. Born in Senegal, he lived in France from the age of eight. But Vieira opted to play for France, for whom he made over a 100 appearances. Great to have a second African-born and black manager in the Premier League. We wish him well. Everton needed a new manager when Carlos Ancelotti decided to go back to Real Madrid. And Everton have appointed Rafa Benitez. Now, Benitez has a great deal of experience. Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Valencia, two years in China... Loads of Premier League experience, four years at Newcastle, also one at Chelsea. But what makes Rafa Benitez's appointment strange is that he was the Liverpool manager for six years. And the big question is, how will Everton fans take to someone associated with their city rivals? 
Uh, yes, so once when he was the Liverpool manager, uh, Benitez described Everton as a small club. So uh, we'll see how it goes there. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Well, if you've got a sense of history, you may enjoy this one. In 1996, the European Championships saw Peter Schmeichel in goal for Denmark and Enrico Chiesa scoring for Italy. Fast forward 28 years and it's Kasper Schmeichel in goal for Denmark and Frederica Chiesa who's scoring for Italy. Like father, like son, they say. And talking of Kasper Schmeichel, when Denmark played Wales, and Schmeichel saw the Welsh goalkeeper, he must have felt a bit confused because he's used to seeing Danny Ward not as an opponent but as his deputy at Leicester City. Now, two odd things about the European Football Championship is we've yet to see a goal scored direct from a free kick and that there have been three own goals by goalkeepers. And I'll say this again, VAR has been an asset to the tournament. VAR has helped referees make good decisions. Whereas in the Premier League, one sometimes feels that the VAR officials want to be centre stage and are looking for reasons to intervene and change decisions. I really hope the Premier League can learn from watching the Euros. Yes, it does seem to be uh, much smoother at the Euros, the uh, VAR. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Before we go, a reminder of our question on social media this week. How do you think Zambia striker Patson Daka will do in the English Premier League at Leicester? Uh, can he adjust? Uh, can he keep scoring? Will he fit in at the Foxes? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ash Tikiwa in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.